Fonkose proudly presents our unscripted podcast, Voices of Hope. In this first season, you'll hear from extraordinary individuals whose support and service are making a difference. They may look different from each other and come from very different backgrounds, but the one thing they have in common is their love and respect for Haiti. On tonight's episode, we speak to Gauthier Dieudonné, former director of CLM, Foncose's empowering program for the ultra-poor in Haiti. Here is our interview. Well, I'm Gauthier Dieudonné. Hmm. What can I say about myself? <laughs> well, I um, the only the first thing I can say that I, I retired from Fonkozé. I retired from the CLM program about two and a half years ago. But I started uh, uh, with Fonkozé in um, hmm, that was two thousand in year two thousand two. So oh wow. I started as a business development director and uh, I spent four years with that program, which grew, really grew. I started by myself, then it grew. I had to hire other people to import in different departments, you know, right. because uh, the business development was really expanding. So, but uh, one day out of the blue, uh, Anne Hastings, the Foncose director then came to me and told me that, you know, she had uh, a new program for me. And um, I said, what? But my program is doing fine. Right. So she told me to sit down and listen. And she explained to me what the program, uh, the program we call CLM program, what it is all about. And she told me I'll be working with uh, people who are living in uh, extreme, extreme poverty. And the program will help them get out of the situation. And it will be an 18 month program and we will accompany them in every way we can in order for us to change the situation. I said, huh, okay. <laughs> I said, I'm in. So. <laughs> and uh, a week later, she told me, I have uh, two months to give up the business development program, and she's sending me to Bangladesh. And I had to put together a team. Uh, it was eight of us who went to Bangladesh to learn the program because. Oh, wow. You went to Bangladesh? originated from Bangladesh. Yeah, it's a program originated from Bangladesh uh, that was launched by. Uh, an organization called BRAC, and it's it's a mega organization. But the other one who, who, who piloted that program then, that was 2006, the end of 2006. So eight of us went there, spent a, a month in Bangladesh learning that program. Then we came back and uh, the end of December, we started the selection process and continued through January and so. And, and plus, Brack sent us a couple of uh, uh, instructors to help us set up the program here in Haiti. One of them spent five weeks, and another one spent about uh, 
what, nine months to help us set it up. But anyway, the program, we piloted it uh, between 2007 and 2009. Mm -hmm. And the pilot was a success. We were part of a group of other organizations piloting this. And we were the first one to finish the pilot. And wow. everybody were coming here to, to really uh, see, you know, the result. Because once we published the result, you know, everybody were, they were curious to see the program. Right. So they came and we saw the people and we had, uh, we showed them, you know, before and after we had recorded some of the, you know, the situation the people were in before. And right. Then. So it was good. I have to mention is that, you know, it seems like everybody were waiting for us to fail. Because right. Because they said that no uh, uh, development program ever succeed in Haiti. They always fail. And we had to prove them wrong. So we what was different about this program, do you think? What made it special in that regard? Huh. Uh, the <laughs> thing is that what made it special and interesting is the fact that, you know, what the program did to us as staff. Okay. There are certain things that we didn't know. We knew poverty existed in Haiti, but we didn't know how bad it was in the rural mm. area until mm. we started, you know, hitting the ground and, 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 and go there to find out, you know, how the people really were living in the, in the rural area. That was an eye-opening for us. And the thing is that, and what made it so also different is the fact that it's a program, you know, you have to put your heart in it. Right. I mean, with, without that, it's not something that you could just go like a robot and execute a program or something. Right. You just have to be in it and feel it. That's how it was able to succeed. Mm. You know, until now, this program is going and going and growing too. Right. You must be proud to see how it's developed over time since you were such a huge part of that. Yeah, that the interesting part is that, you know, the base that was set when I was there, mm -hmm. they grow on it. And this is the foundation of the program still there, solid. And, uh, and the other interesting thing is the fact that, you know, the actual director uh, now he was my assistant director, and this was the guy who was grooming to replace me. And he's a good replacement. That's amazing. So where where in Haiti are you from, and what was your childhood like growing up? Because you also said when you went to those rural areas, I mean, it's the same in the States. You don't know until you go to those areas and see for yourself. So what yeah. was your childhood like? I was born in a, a, a small town called Limonade. Well, it sounds like lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's Limonade, it's pronounced. It's in the north. It is um, about 15, 20 minutes from, 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 from Cape Haitian, the second city in, second main city in Haiti. I was born in Limonade, but I was raised in Cape Haitian. I went to school. I did the... Uh, uh, grammar school and part of high school in Cape Haitian. Then um, in 72, December 72, I left Haiti 
to go and live in, 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 in Chicago. Okay. I lived in Chicago for, for four years, then I moved to New York. And I spent 25 years in New York. So, so you're a New Yorker college. through and through. <laughs> yeah. <somewhat. laughs> well, go to somewhat, wasn't but it? my heart, my heart was always in Haiti. I was going to ask you that. Did you always have this? Did you have a need to return? My heart was always in Haiti for some reason mm. or another. Uh, I always wanted to come back here. And uh, which uh, I did after my father passed away, what, what, 97? Mm -hmm. 97, I decided to just pack my bag and and came here, you know, and um, it was was a difficult decision, but my heart was here. Yeah. Because I had to leave my wife and kids and job and all and decided to just pack up and come here and start over. Right. But the idea was to come and prepare for them to join me here. Well, that's another story. Oh, wow. Okay. So anyway, but my, my two of my kids, they were raised here. I, I bought them here when they're seven and nine. Oh. And they didn't go back not until the, they graduated high school. So. Wow. so now they're living in the States again? Yeah, yeah, they are. Okay, so do you um, go back and forth a lot from New York to yes, Haiti? Yes. And... Yeah, I bet. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. did you ever imagine that Foncose would grow into the organization it is today? I have to tell you, when I saw, when I first met Anne, and I used to talk to her a lot, and I saw her vision. I, 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 I knew what she was up to. I had the feeling because she was constantly doing things. So I knew in the back of my head that, you know, this institution will, will grow. And I was always together with her. Whenever she had any idea, she would discuss it with me. Even when, you know, Fokosi was trying to become a, a bank. You know, I was part of all that discussion and things. Like right. That, you know. So, and and I had the feeling it will grow. It will grow that big. I had I had that feeling myself. Yeah. And, and I it was has. determined. I was determined to put my two cents in, so it will get <laughs> which I did. Yeah. <laughs> and it was needed. So, have you? Um, are there any memories that you have? throughout your time with Foncose, like any pivotal moments or particular people you remember that has stuck with you? If you could share one or two of those. Well, I have to tell you (laughs) what the program did to me. Okay. That's one thing. It made me realize certain things about life that are so unimportant. Mm. It made me. It made me. It made me more humble when I see the situation of certain people, you know, in the rural area, and right. what they are making do with. And I said to myself, I don't have anything to complain about right. at all. And this had made me so humble, and I do not. 
I don't luxury luxurious things. Yes, of course. That I have to tell you what it what it did to me. It's like I'm able to run through the whole spectrum from the extremely poor to the to the very top. Right. I'm able to right. to, to walk through that without having any problem. None of them, you know, like I need to be stopped certain place or, or, or something like that. It just, I just simplified things. You know, I oh, said yeah. to myself, life, oh, yeah. life is complicated as it is. But my, I was, um, right now, I just simplify things. Live every day, day by day, and do the best I can, and that's it. And don't worry about anything. Right. Because right. That, that's what it did to me. And <laughs> other thing is that I'm a, well, I should say I, I used to be a very shy individuals I used to I usually work in the background mm-hmm. so you can mm-hmm. you can see the resolve up front but me I'm in the background and change that and change that she ripped me out of my, <laughs> my shell and put me out there that's what she did I was I remember the first time she sent me out in Canada and in Halifax it was a uh, uh, microfinance summit and I had to present a paper. I said, oh my God, I never been out there presenting. I have to be out there presenting something. <laughs> and you know, a microfinance summit is a big thing. Oh yeah. So I was I was so nervous and I prepared my presentation on uh, on, on on those little index cards. <laughs> and and I, I I I tried to memorize as much as I could, but I had the index cards. When I started the presentation, I started uh, looking at the index card. All of a sudden, I got lost in the index card, oh, and no. I had to work for memory. I had to work for memory. Good things that I I did try to learn <laughs> things I had. And uh, that was something I, I learned from that time. Anytime I have to make a presentation, I will never put any index card in front of me. No, never again. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's, after that, she sent me to different presentation. I remember the biggest one I had uh, was in, uh, in Spain. My God, I had to present in front of a whole auditorium of people. And and then after that they had to ask me questions and I had to answer. I guess that took me out of my shell, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly. So, yeah. So that's uh, I think that 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 made it easy for for me now to make presentation. I can make presentation anywhere, but before <laughs> I, I would be so nervous. But that that's one of the biggest change, you know. Right. Was it? Uh, that happened to me at Fonkosi. <laughs> and if you had to describe the world today in three words, what would they be? What's your view of things, let's say? That's a very big question. <laughs> of the world? Yes. <laughs> you can use more than you three said, words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have right now the way I see, I see that the world is full of evil. Mm. 
it's full of evil. The good people, it also has a lot of good people, but the evil is so overwhelming that you can barely see the goods. Yes. It's, and the thing is that what makes it so bad, well, to me right now, it's because as I grow older, I begin to see things for exactly for what they are. Mm. And I and I have the time now to examine situations and right. why people do certain things. And, and, and I finally understand it's all being manipulated by evil. Yeah. There are so many demons out there. Uh, so how do, how do you think we change that? And how do you think we fight that evil? Love. Mm. That's one thing. Love. That's the only, that, that the only thing that can change that. Love in our heart. All of the things people are do, all of the evil is done by three things. Jealousy. Yes. Uh, hate. And selfishness, those three, those are the three most evil things that are manipulating people for them to do all the evil things that they are doing. Those are the main three, I realize. And uh, if only, all those things can be conquered uh, 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 with love, you know. Yeah, Just a little love in your heart where you think about the other person. Right. The plight of the other person. Right. And everything will be set straight. Very well said. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And so, uh, what is your wish for Haiti and its future, and its future with Foncose? What What do you see happening? What do you wish to happen? Uh, let's take Foncose first. Okay. I I see. Think Foncose is already covered. Haiti and it's moving and it right now it has bank status. I see Foncose in here in the future still uh, 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 providing financial services to the poor. Right. This is a place for the poor. Although becoming a bank, you know, the banking system is forcing Foncose to move a little bit away from the poor, the very poor. But we have the foundation. The foundation, Foncose Foundation, that is still there in you know, connecting to the poor and the very poor. Right. So, my wish is to be able to have uh, the foundation and Foncose SFF, you know, get a little bit closer because there's such a, they've been pulled apart because Foncose banking system and all the people running it and things like that, where it's, their focus is mostly on business and business and business, Yeah. where the foundation is focusing on people and people and poor people. So I hope one day they will find a way where they meet. You know, there's still that struggle. They've been trying. All the yeah. uh, people concerned, they've been trying, but it hasn't reached there yet. Hopefully... Uh, I think my I think it's because SFF been struggling to 
get itself really anchored. So that's why. But hopefully when it's really finally, you know, settled and it's moving forward, it will make a move toward the foundation so they can meet in the middle since they are right. both Foucaulty. Okay, yes. and the Foucaulty SFF was the foundation, I believe. So they need to get a little bit closer, you know. Okay, yes. The kind of work that they do. That's Foucaulty. Right. As far as Haiti is concerned, hmm. my God. <laughs> Whatever I, what I see now, what I understand about how the country is now, how it's being run, we need to start all over. Meaning mm -hmm. that whatever is here has to be destroyed. Okay? Okay. The, the system here, has to, the system now has to be taken down. Because the system right now is all evil. You have a group of people from the private sector and politicians. They set it up where they control the entire system. All the public system, all the public offices, they have control all over them. They manipulate everything to their own advantage. And they right. said, forget about everybody else. Oh, yeah. So that system has to be taken down in order for government to finally work for the people. Government is not working for the people right now. No, it's not. Government is working for a group of people, people with lots of money, with lots of influence, who, buy, uh, who, who buys everything and everybody, who controls everything. We're talking about, when I say everything, I mean the ports, the, 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 the custom. The, the uh, uh, what, uh, what you call uh, social security office, uh, uh, what uh, uh, what do you call those people collect our tax? Uh, uh, in Haiti, it's called DGI, which is uh, uh, is uh, it like a tax collector? The, I mean, the system, I mean, the uh, the part of the government that. Uh, Collect all the taxes, you know, and yeah. you do your, you send your income tax to, you know, uh, the name just skip me. <laughs> like our IRS, but yes, that's yeah. the that's <laughs> IRS. <laughs> they control everything. Yeah, they control all that, so they pay whatever they want. They get uh, 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 their stuff custom free. They control the ports, everything. So. The people get the people get nothing. So that system has to be taken down. That's the only way the country will start over and the people will finally, you know, get access to things. Right. Right now it has to be taken down. So hopefully, but right now it's it's uh, it's chaotic here. Yeah. It's about to explode. Right. And it's on the verge of having a civil war. And those people out there who have control over everything, and they are not bulging at all, you know, to say, okay, I mean, we had had this thing for so long. Let's, let's just ease up a bit. No. Right. They want it all. Yeah, they they're want continuing. To control it all. Yeah. yeah. 
So and they prefer to for the thing to explode. That's a lot of that's selfishness. That's extreme selfishness. They will lose too. They are blinded by selfishness. Yeah. They don't realize that you know if the country is working fine, everybody has access to things. They right. will still make more money. They'll make more money. Right. But the thing is that it's so selfish that they want it all for them and they and said none for you. It's crazy. It makes it no is. sense. But that's and what it is. And so it's extreme. I want, me, I want to see the system taken down and start over with uh, 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 people that are conscious, that have some conscience and, 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 and would help do this thing. And let's end on a more lighthearted question for you. If there was anything you could go back and tell your childhood self, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> now that you've had more time to think. <laughs> what would I change or what would I tell myself? Yeah, what well, would you just, what piece of advice would you give yourself? <laughs> no, you, you, I, 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 the only thing I wish, I wish I was able to understand how the world functioned earlier. It's, it's lately I've been realizing because I guess I was into doing my own things, going to school, doing my things, having a family and things like that. I didn't have time to try to understand what's going on around me. Right. around the world right so that i think i wish i had this kind of knowledge before but that's you're life busy. You have to yeah that's life way. you're busy living and you look up and time is going by you know yeah but right. i but i have no regrets though no regrets thank you for listening to voices of hope Foncoze has been empowering families throughout Haiti for nearly 30 years with the tools and supportive services needed to break the cycle of poverty. To discover more about our impactful work, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Foncoze, or visit our website at foncoze.org.